0: Through this, you know, it's tough. No one likes losing. It's time for Blackhawk 720, your insider key to the Hawks.
1: The is up
0: for Take the Blackhawks to go. Blackhawk 720, the only Hawks podcast worth listening to. Now, here's Chris Bowden and Joe Brand, Podcast Royalty.
2: Hi everyone, we are one week into uh, this truncated NHL 56 game four month season and uh, we have four games to look at. Welcome into the Blackhawks 720 podcast. Yes, I did remember we have changed the name. We're a week into it, Joe Brand. The Blackhawks 720 podcast here, Chris Bowden, your pre- and post-game host on WGN Radio, Blackhawks reporter and man of many hats here at WGN. From the news department to the sports department, what will he do next? But Joe Brand, uh, joining us here after the Blackhawks 5-4 loss to the Florida Panthers on, let's see, the days are getting all mixed together. It was Tuesday night down in Florida. If if we're getting mixed up with the days, imagine what it's like for those players down there in a hotel, two hotels over the course of a couple of days, and not being able to go out and enjoy the sunshine. It's the extra challenge. They make enough money, though. I think they're going to be fine. It's still yeah. kind of that uh, post-holiday
3: hangover, too, where all the days are just mm. kind of scattered, and you're always just, you know it's January. That's about it.
2: You know it's January. We knew this was going to be a challenging season going in, and obviously the results are disappointing. They finally uh, got their first point of the season in Tuesday night's 5-4 overtime loss. They had themselves their first lead that lasted all of 71 seconds, unfortunately. And uh, a call against Ryan Carpenter led to the power play in which Florida was able to uh, respond quickly and even things up. But uh, I think overall, and Troy tends to agree, and, and John as well, From that first game in Tampa Bay, when it was, the ice was in fact tilted down in the defending Stanley Cup champs' end. We've seen some incremental progress, and one thing they got rid of was a three-goal opponent's period in Tuesday night's game. And I think for the most part... Especially from that third goal for Florida on three minutes into the second period, they were the much better team and carried play. And from that sense, it's almost a little bit disappointing they didn't come out with the extra point. Yeah, I agree with you. I was listening to the post game on the
3: way in here. Tonight, Why would you and, do a thing uh, like that? Oh, you know, just to get totally well versed. talking. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course. Uh, but I, I agree with you. After that three-one deficit, that's kind of when things started to turn around for them. And just in the sense of scoring more goals, I, I, I. I agree with you. I think the majority of this game, they, they played well. Obviously, there's going to be things they need to work on. Obviously, things there's going to be things fans are going to be frustrated about. And I understand fans are sick about hearing about moral victories to begin this season. But that was a moral game for the Blackhawks. I know it's their first lead, their first overtime, their first point. But there's some positives to pull from this. And I think... The main thing is they didn't give up after having that huge deficit, and... uh... Uh, They've shown an ability to, to, to come back,
2: especially since that opening exactly.
3: game, Exactly, yeah. I hate to use the cliche, they didn't give up because it's professional sports, right. but, but that's the thing. Someone that's been knocked down the past three games for, okay, yeah, you take it against the reigning Stanley Cup champions, and then that's your main excuse after your first two games, but then when you lose to a team that hasn't even started their year yet in Florida, all of a sudden it looks like same old movie once again, and the Blackhawks did not let that happen on Tuesday night. So... I understand fans are sick about hearing of moral victories, but this was an exciting game, and it was back and forth, and this was one where a lot of positives were pulled from a lot of different players. It wasn't just the stars that shined tonight, so this is one of those steps in the right direction. I'm not saying for the whole season overall, but this is one of the things you look for when a team is going through adjustments. Like now,
2: this. now it's about sustaining that momentum as exactly. they finally get home and they play a Detroit team that a lot of people think uh, will would finish below the Blackhawks in the Central Division standings this year. Uh, I'm not so sure that, that that's going to be the case in terms of where Detroit finishes because uh, they've but their first four games of the season they are going through a deep rebuild, but they do have you know some very talented young players on that squad. So now it's about taking the next step. And yeah, uh, the bar should not be moral victories, and I don't think anyone in the Hawks organization uh, sets that bar at all. Nobody's going to be happy about moral victories, but I think the overall uh, conversation here this season is going to be about seeing progress from game to game. Is it always going to happen every game? Or are you going to get better and better each game each week? No, there's going to be setbacks, but the interesting thing also about uh, Tuesday night's game, uh, you, you've seen Alex Dabrinkit get off to a, a nice start after the struggles he had. Dominic Kubalik got off to a slow start this year, the first couple of games, and then uh, he bangs a couple goals home on the power play. So, you know, he's got that feeling back again. And then we're talking about some of these players you're trying to introduce into the lineup. I, I think Pew Suter has, has looked real good so far. Philip Kershev scores his first NHL goal. He doesn't look out of place, and neither did Kevin Lankinen in his NHL debut. Uh, I, I, none of these guys have differentiated themselves from one another yet between uh, Lankanen and Subban and Delia, but this is the guy with the least amount of NHL experience, and uh, he he looked pretty pretty comfortable out there. I don't know if you can particularly blame any of the goals on Kevin Lankanen tonight.
3: Yeah, Troy Murray was saying on the post-game show, once again, nice little uh, plug for you guys, but it's not like it, 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 he was out of position. It's not like it was a
2: soft goal. And there, and there were some goalies out of position in the first three games of the season, too.
3: Absolutely. And, and it's, it's not always just a defense it's a breakdown, there's there's a few times where the Blackhawks shot themselves in the foot, but for a guy making his first NHL start, and also Kevin and I don't know he do, he almost doesn't look like a goalie without the pads, right? Isn't he this tall, not even uh, a pun intended here, but a lanky guy? Isn't he 6'1", yeah. 6'2", kind of uh, string beanie? I mean, he, he looked he looked pretty fluid out there on the ice today. The so. Blackhawks 720 string beanie podcast. <laughs> so I, I think, yes, that that's a positive to pull from. Uh, I the power play, which I know you'll want, you'll want to get to in a little bit, but it's just, aside from the fact that this has always been the bugaboo for the Blackhawks, it's just nice, nice to see them kind of rely on it right now because that's where, let's face it, it's going to be tough for them to come by goals this year with how many players are injured, how many players aren't available this year, how many players they've lost from last year. You have to take advantage of those situations, and right now they are. So when you gain some confidence with that early on in the season, that can at least start to just snowball into some solid structure of this power play that they've been searching for for so many years. And it's it's kind of back to the basics right now. I love how Dominic Kubelik's approach was just, fire it as hard as I can whenever the puck's by me, because mm-hmm. he has such A wicked shot, and that turned out to be something that helped them score a power play goal today. So, hopefully, the ball can get rolling in that regard, and then the other things will follow. Because right now, that's something good to lean on. That's one good thing to lean on. Oh, there's a power play, here's a little pump in our step for this game, because it was always the opposite. It was always, we really need a goal. Oh, great. Power play. Now we're not going to score. Now everything's going to decline from here. That is something to really look forward to throughout this year, to see how long it lasts. Yeah, it power was.
2: play, uh, Yeah, five for 12 so far. And actually, it's the the one that usually isn't on the ice first, the one that's uh, kind of... Uh, quarterback by, by Duncan Keith Kubalik is on that one as well it's a much more simpler approach to the power play Troy discussed, you know, sometimes that first unit gets out there and tries to be a little bit too sweet a little bit too fancy it ends up backfiring uh the the simpler power play the secondary unit uh which is really the one that has been more effective of the two in going 5 for 12 so far but let's hear from uh, Dominic Kubalik after that 5-4 overtime loss to the Panthers and uh his first comment of course and even though he got something done individually and seems to be on the right track Still disappointed not to get that second point on Tuesday night,
1: Dominic. Just overall a uh, pretty solid performance all around. You get a point out of it, but to still not come away with the win. How are you guys feeling?
4: Well, uh, it's hard to hard to talk about it. You know, uh, obviously uh, we wanted to win, but uh, at least we have a point. That's uh, you know, uh, I think uh, the work ethic was uh, was pretty good today, and uh, uh, I felt like we uh, uh, we did. It I think lots of good things uh, uh, finally, uh, got some goals too, and uh, yeah, just sad uh, that uh, we didn't make it to the uh, to the win. Giving up five goals in every
1: game now, I know this one's in overtime, but still uh, is that troubling?
4: Uh, for Sure, it's way too much, you know uh, uh, we gotta we gotta uh, clean up some things uh, uh, in our zone, get better bucks on in front of the net, uh, get those sticks, you know, uh, get them tight. That uh, they don't have the rebounds, and uh, uh, you know it's starting uh, with everything. You know we're winning the battles on the wall, uh, especially us forwards. We gotta get those uh, pucks out and and uh, keep it uh, keep it away uh, from the goalies and, and uh, play in their zone. That's uh, uh, I think uh, most important thing. You know to play in, uh, in their zone and get the you know uh, let's, sp- let's spend some time in their zone.
5: Hey Dominic, um seemed like you were really firing away tonight. Uh was it good to see your shot kind of come back and see the puck go in the goal a few times for you individually.
4: Yeah, uh obviously uh it was good, you know, uh to get uh to get the goal and uh, uh you know, get the confidence back a little bit. Uh but I mean you know, uh, I'm happy that uh, we could help the team uh, a little bit because the first power play was uh, was scoring the last game. So, so uh switched it up a little bit. And uh, now or, or like this game was, uh, I would say, about us that we scored two goals. So so uh really happy that both units are, are doing well and and then, that we could help the team like that.
5: Is it difficult to keep the morale up in the locker room when you guys play so well and, and still can't get a win out of it?
4: Well, uh it's Frustrating, right? But I mean, we just got to stick with it, you know. Uh, it's gonna turn around for sure if uh, if we're gonna work hard, you know, uh, clean up those, those, those little details, I think uh, eventually, uh, it's gonna come back. So, uh, we just need to get ready for the next game. And uh, uh, Dominic, what's it been like playing with Philip Kuryshev and, and thoughts on his uh, first goal tonight? I'm really happy for him. Uh, you know, it's a great feeling to get the first one. So uh, I'm pretty sure he's happy too, and and I think uh, overall uh, he played pretty well. Uh, I like to play with him. You know, he's a skill, uh, skill, fast, uh, has a great shot. So so uh, you know those two are going to make him uh, make him to play good. So so really happy that, that he, uh, he has the first one under the belt, and uh, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a lot of money. Dominic, two one-time goals on the power play for you tonight. What do you like about that spot and
1: and being able to kind of? have something in your wheelhouse that you can rip on goal? Well, I think,
4: uh, uh, I think Dunges made uh, a pretty good play two times there, you know, uh, especially when he uh, kind of like uh, fake a shot to, you know, uh, that put those uh, uh, penalty kiddos a little bit together and open up the, uh, you know, the, the backside for me. So, so uh, obviously I feel like that's, that's kind of my, uh, my wheelhouse, but uh, I mean, just happy to score, you know, uh, happy that the power play was going uh, pretty well. So, so uh, yeah, just really happy that I uh, worked out this time.
6: Yeah, I believe during the intermission, uh, you, you said uh, you made a comment about Kane's top shelf goal. I think you said uh, you'd break your wrist if you tried something like that. I mean, uh, how much do you admire uh, his ability to make that shot? You know, uh, his ends are,
4: are unbelievable. You know, there's uh, no question about it, so. So uh, I think he can, like, I know that he's trying it uh, a lot of times, like moves like that, And especially that back-end shot. It's just uh, unbelievable. So so uh, it's great to watch him uh, during the games and, and during the practices. So so I'm really happy that uh, I can be on
6: the team with him. Yeah, you, you, you put a lot of uh, speed on your, on your own shot. Um, you know, how, how much work do you put into that?
4: Um... I'm trying to work on it uh, almost every practice. You know, you never know when, uh, uh, when you're going to get it. So uh, I'm just trying to be 100% ready when the puck is, uh, is coming. That the shot is uh, – especially I'm trying to hit the net. That's that's the most important thing, you know. Uh, it was Maybe it's going to be a rebound or it goes in. So the so, uh, most important part is just to hit the net. And I'm really happy that uh went in today.
2: So Kubelik, a three-point night uh, in the 5-4 overtime loss to the Florida Panthers on Tuesday. And, yeah, that unit that he is on with Lucas Wa- – uh, if we went into the season before all these injuries happen, what would you say if you had, if you had Pew Suter and, and Lucas Walmark kind on of a power play along with Kubalik and Duncan Keith, that fifth guy in and out. I know Kampf was on for one of Kubelik's goals and Matthias Janmark was, uh, the other skater on the ice during that uh, second power play goal for Dominic Kubelik. But, uh, yeah, it's that unit that, that simplifies and has been a little bit more effective. Even though Debrink had scored a couple of power play goals, uh, the first or the second and third games of the season, um, that unit was was the more effective one on Tuesday. Hey, wh- whichever way, by hook or by crook, you, you can score a power play goal. That only goal in the opener that dinged off Dylan Strom's skate and, and then bounced off a, a lightning defender and the lightning goalie Vasilevsky, uh, you take him any way you can. And for the way the Blackhawks' power play was struggling last year, uh, that, that first one by Dylan Strom this season probably was a thing of beauty, the, the way it struggled so much a year ago.
3: Yeah, and uh, I, I, it, it almost seems like it's going to be a, a trial by error, but now since it is succeeding in the early going. It's just go with what's working until it doesn't work anymore. So it's a great start for them in this regard. Again, something to lean on, something to move forward with. And they, it came up huge a couple of times today. I mean, they got those power play goals when they absolutely needed it, just to keep that feeling alive that they could still be in this game. And that's why, again, it's how many times in the past few years that They really need a goal. Oh, here comes the power play, and you could just feel the air coming out of the balloon (laughs) when they knew that that wasn't going to happen. So this game, again, moral victory, but... It was those instances that the goal was scored that it it kept that feeling alive.
2: Yeah, and uh, let's let's talk about uh, the 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 Swiss guys. Uh, I know Pew Suter isn't Swiss, but he was a Swiss League MVP. But he has come in, and you know I don't know if he's going to be a center for very long in the NHL. But they plugged him in between DeBrinket and Kane, and that. Threesome has looked better than what was the original setup with Dylan Strom between the two of them at the outset of the season. Uh Souter may have come into the game a minus six, but I I think the eye test tells you through these first four games, you know, he is going to be a very capable NHL player. And then the decision to put Kuroshev into the lineup and put him on the wing of Strome and Kubalik on the opposite side, that's kind of energized that line. While uh you know, Walmark and Yanmark and Shaw Mark uh have been holding their own as well and the, the fourth line with with Brandon Hagel cycling in for Matthew Heimar, at least you're starting to find a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, consistency and. I guess lines that, that uh, are, are beginning to give, your, give you a sense of trust, that it's something that might be workable with those combinations here moving forward.
3: Well, look, it's it's such a tinkering year. It's going to be interesting to see all the combinations that happen this season. But I agree with you with, with putting Suter at that top line because a lot of times younger players can just perform well when they're given more responsibility and when they're put in the middle of so much talent on each, each side. So maybe that can work. And then on the contrast of that, Dylan Strome is a guy that can kind of carry the load a little bit more and we talked about this before the season started how possibly Dylan Strome can really utilize this role of being one of the top centers for the Blackhawks this year where he absolutely needs to be not where he's trying to break into it so it's it's the responsibilities that these guys are facing this year that can maybe alter how successful they are and again everything it's going to be fluid it's, it's going to change because nothing is going to be set in stone this year with with all the interchangeable pieces and names and faces they have right now it's
2: just it's just going to be a uh, a basically, a blender for Jeremy College. Yeah, it's not going to be a, a finished work of art by any means. There's going to be a lot of experimenting going down. And listen, we're not trying to make this team sunshine and lollipops coming back home with an 0 3 1 record because that certainly is not the case. But we are just talking here under the guise of that, you know, the, what this season is all about is, is learning about players, uh, finding out who are pieces for the future. And as you go along with that in mind and that being the philosophy here, yes, you want to. Win games, you're probably not going to win as many as you would like as, as you tinker around with things and with the losses that the Blackhawks have suffered already from a personnel standpoint. But I, I think as we go along throughout the year on this podcast, and just like we do on the Blackhawks live show on Monday night, it's about game by game learning something about this team, the ingredients to this team, who some of these players are, and uh, who are going to be pieces when this team becomes good again. And uh, we're still trying to find out with the goalie situation. That's certainly going to be fluid uh, throughout the season unless one really takes hold none of the three particularly have so far but Tuesday night was Kevin Lankanen's opportunity here's a world champion goalie for Finland at the world championships a couple of years ago when uh, Finland kind of uh, shocked the world with Lankanen And that he got that first NHL opportunity and he spoke with the media via zoom after that 5-4 overtime loss
7: hey Kevin uh when did you find out you were starting and and what was your what was your first NHL game like it was good I was excited I've been working extremely hard for this moment and uh I was able to enjoy the day, enjoy the game, put my best effort out there. So uh, I was happy with that. Am I happy with the outcome? Obviously not. But I think there's a lot to build on, and I I felt pretty comfortable when uh, the game went on. Uh, yesterday, Jimmy White, the goalie coach, came and, uh, came out to me and was telling me I'm going to start today. So I was happy that I get all that time to to prepare and uh, do my stuff. Do my stuff to be ready, and I I felt ready. I felt good out there, and. Uh, I think uh, there's a lot to build on. How would you assess the goals? What did what did you see then some of those? Yeah, I mean, a lot of pucks in front of the net. Um, I think that's that's the NHL nowadays. Uh, throw a puck at the net and try to outman the, the defending team. Get a scramble, um, a couple of screens. Um, I mean, it's hockey. Hockey goals happen, and uh, I think I made a lot of good saves. I was able to to give the team a chance to win. Obviously didn't turn out our way, but I think there is uh, a positive trend. I saw, I saw us playing really well from the second period on, so I'm, I'm, I'm uh, happy to see that uh, getting better.
6: Hey, uh, when you had that, uh, that three-on-one rush in overtime, just curious what was going on um, uh, in your mind or emotionally, and uh, do you feel like you had a better save in there, or was that um, your standout moment to you?
7: Yeah, I mean... Always those are the parts of the game when it's clutch moments. Um, either it goes in or you, you give your team a chance to to go the other way. And I think uh, throughout my career, I've been able to to make those big saves in the big moments. Um, obviously, I would have liked to have that last one also, but uh, I did my best. I think uh, the save on the overtime definitely was one of the, the better saves tonight.
6: And, and just curious, with the um, uh, the, the handoff to Dejan, uh, I was wondering there was uh, what was the communication issue with that we've kind of noticed that with with some of the other goaltenders as well
7: yeah i mean we're still early in the season uh, we're still learning uh new goalies a couple new ds um it's communication it doesn't happen like this uh i think we we work on that pretty much every day in practice, starting to get better i think uh also when you when you play more you get comfortable you you get to know you get to hear. The other guys uh, get to know how they like to play the puck, how, how they want you to play the puck. And, uh, I mean, that's that's one part of the game, and I think we're still growing on that.
1: Hi, Kevin. How focused were you on having a strong second period? Because That's kind of where the, the team and the other goalies had trouble in the other games on the road trip.
7: Yeah, I mean, I felt focused throughout the whole game. Um, I wasn't thinking about um, the second period in particular. I, I like to split the game in five minutes and go, go five minutes at a time, take one shot at a, at a time um i felt like the second period you that's that's where the game obviously can turn over or you can get back i think we did a really good job as a team to get back the guys hustled really well i think that was one of the better periods we've seen so far so uh i was happy to keep the fort there but uh i think we're only going to get better from here
5: Hey, Kevin, how did this compare to your expectations? Was there anything different about the NHL game speed or traffic or anything that, that was different than you were expecting?
7: I mean, obviously, it's NHL. Um, a lot of speed, a lot of good guys, big talents out there. But I think uh, I've been doing a pretty good job starting from, from the bubble, actually starting early in my career just to visualize myself in these moments. I've been watching a lot of NHL games, trying to learn Opposite players, what they do, how is the game like, what does it look like from a goalie perspective. Um, I felt ready. I felt confident when I was there. Uh, I don't think there was much new to me. Uh, I think uh, as the season goes on, obviously the game is going to settle down. You're going to make better reads just because you got that uh, game feeling. But I think uh, coming up to this moment throughout my whole career, I've been preparing for a long time. And I think that helped me tonight. The six foot two, one hundred
2: eighty five pound string beanie, Kevin Lankanen. I'm having fun with you, Joe here, but um, maybe that's maybe that's a part of his name here moving forward. But uh, again, I thought he played pretty well, and uh, that's pretty much your set. You want to suit up? You want to suit up for the Blackhawks? <laughs> if if none of these three goalies really takes the bull by the horns in net. Maybe the door swings open and you get an opportunity next. Leave it to me to, to body shame an NHL athlete, and uh, turns With the out the exact to be same dimensions,
3: dimensions. Now, honestly, I'm my license says I'm an inch shorter, which is odd because I normally tell people I'm six two. And right. my uh, my license also says I'm ten pounds lighter, and I don't think one seventy five is anything to brag about. We all tweak that license. <laughs> you know? Uh, but yeah, again, I I didn't mean it in the sense of Kevin and doesn't fit the bill to be a goaltender. Just the fact that he doesn't look like a traditional goaltender without the pads. But again, I liked what I saw today from him. I thought, I think a lot of other people liked what they saw from him today. And and again, I don't know how many times are going to say this. I I, I think the. Um, The situation the Blackhawks face right now with their goaltenders can work in their favor in terms of they got three guys. They're going to see everything these three three guys got. It's a shortened season. Everything is up for grabs this year, so alternate these guys. They don't have to carry the baggage of, oh, I have a bad game. Am I going to start next time? But... You know, the the previous three games that have happened, nothing has been super promising, so that also goes into, all right, well, let's see what you got now, Kevin Lankanen. And again, I, I think we're all pleasantly... Um we're all pleased with, with his efforts today because there, there wasn't soft goals. There wasn't things that you're saying the reason the goal was scored is because of the goaltender. Or miscommunications and things like that. Yeah, uh, exactly. And again, there's going to be holes. And, and listen, if you want us to bash Ryan Carpenter right now for that penalty he suffered, that kind of really turn the game around in that third period. That's just not the point of this whole podcast right now because you do, again, when this team and organization is in adjustment mode, you've got to pull out the things, the positives to look forward and move on from. And who knows? I, I heard Troy say this in the postgame. That's a learning moment. Maybe maybe that turns into a positive then because they they really realize how Uh, how much they shot
2: themselves in the foot with the penalties today. And one thing that these goalies are going to need more of is help from the defense uh, because it's been five goals against in each of these first four contests. That is certainly not going to be good enough especially with you know an offense that in all likelihood will struggle more to score goals this season. And while it definitely was an improvement on Tuesday night, the best of the four, following that theme, there's just been way too much sloppiness, not enough Toughness in front of their own goaltender. Everything from below the circles on. There have been a ton of goals scored against them this year. Of the twenty scored, I would bet you know at least a dozen of them are there below the dots, if not even more. And the Blackhawks defensively have also made it way too easy for other teams to rush through the neutral zone and get into their zone and start uh, causing some pressure. And to be quite honest, it's been we've talked about it a lot over the course of the last couple years. Puck management, puck possession, has been an issue with this team, and that's usually where things start breaking down, and that usually leads to three goal periods too.
3: Yeah, honestly, I'm kind of surprised looking at the score sheet now that the Blackhawks out outshot Florida by six. I I, I felt like there were so many instances where the Panthers just kept peppering the goal, and and again that that comes into play of how I thought Kevin Lincoln had played today because there were a lot of times he he didn't really have an a shot to make a good stop, but he still came up with it. The other thing is, you kind of mentioned it, it just seems like from the Dots... To the circle. There were so many instances where the Panthers just outskated the Hawks, and they were able to just blow by some defenders and then create those quick chances that really puts Lankanen in a tough spot. And again, he did well at them, but that, that's very tough for the goaltender because it's just these guys, like like the Verhage goal, I think both of them actually. Mm-hmm. He was just able to yeah. blow past, well, the, the other one was kind of a loose puck on the other side, but the first one definitely. He got past DeHaan, past Mitchell, just by the effort of force and his speed at that instance. That, that's tough. That That's got to be fixed. That's got to be the difference of this defense getting better. And I wanted to bring this up earlier because you kind of mentioned it. Yes, this is a progressive game for this team. And this is good to see some improvement. But this whole season isn't just going to be a linear incline. It's not going to be total gradual, and each game is going to get better. There's going to be downfalls, and there's going to be things you're more frustrated with. But just keep in mind, everything you're frustrated with, you have to even that out with everything else that can be put in a positive
2: category as well. And even though there's positive with the power play going 5 for 12, the penalty kill has... uh uh gone just ten of fifteen so far. They give up another couple of power play goals uh on Tuesday night and uh Troy brought up, you know, a, a very obvious interesting but obvious point. A lot that had to do with the penalty kill last year. Yeah, they had some guys around them, but when you also have Corey Crawford and Robin Leonard as your final line of defense on the penalty kill, uh goaltenders that combined for a nine thirteen save percentage between the two of them last year. The Blackhawks went into Tuesday night's game with Previously, Suban and uh, Delia combining for an 848 save percentage. So, uh, you know, it it works hand in hand. Uh, The goalies are going to need the defense to be a whole lot better, you know, and and the defense are going to need their uh, goaltenders to be a whole lot better as we learn, you know, which of these guys is going to take the bull by the horns in the net.
3: Well, and again, you go to it. If the defense is struggling, creating penalties. Uh, preventable penalties that create power plays for the opposition is going to make things more difficult, And especially when you've got three goaltenders that are fighting for playing time, and that are not used to the general setting of being an NHL starter day in and day out. So, those are all things to make it very difficult to not let up five goals a game, and that's why you're seeing five goals on average
2: for this team right now. We become spoiled through the years of this team uh, making uh, uh, taking big steps. Uh, this is, uh, I think, if we're 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 never going to use the word big step it's going to have to be at the end of the season from what we use here game to game you're not necessarily going to see it but it was a step in the forward direction and Jeremy Colleton said as much in going back and forth with reporters on Zoom beginning with his opening statement last night.
0: Yeah I thought uh, particularly the last two periods uh, you know we played hard I thought we we reached a a better level of um, you know Desperation and pressure on the puck, and uh, the details of our game were improved. Certainly not. uh, Still, lots of work to do, and uh, you know, can tighten up some areas. uh, No question. But I thought uh, we competed hard and and battled back, and uh, you know, power play scored again, so that was big. I thought uh, a lot of good performances uh, from guys. So just uh, you know, would love to see us get rewarded with uh, two points. Would have been a nice way to go home. But, uh, you know, we, the focus still remains on on getting better. And uh, I think that was probably our, our best effort. And uh, we've got to continue to go that direction.
4: Hey, Jeremy, what do you think of Hagel and Lincoln coming in?
0: Yeah, I thought uh, both of them played well. You know, Lincoln's made some big saves. You know, obviously, five goals is, uh, you know, you don't want to give up that many, but uh, he made some saves for us, timely saves, uh, and then Higgs, I, I thought he was really good. Uh, made a lot of plays, looked confident with the puck, uh, got his nose dirty, won 50-50s, uh, so that's that's what you're looking for in a guy, a young guy coming in and uh, the style of play that he needs to have to be good, so uh, good good performance by him.
4: Where, where do you guys go from here with the goaltending? How do you go from game to game now with, I guess, not having seen all three of them?
0: Yeah, well, I'm certainly not ready to make an announcement, uh, so we'll, we'll talk about it. I mean, there's been, I think all three of them have, have had some you know, really good moments, and, and then uh, you know, but ultimately we, we don't want to give up five a game, so uh, it's an area of improvement uh, just like many other areas of our game.
1: Hey, Jeremy, how big was it for you guys to avoid that second period collapse that you kind of had in the other games and also you know, kind of dictate the pace and end up having a strong second?
0: Yeah, I think uh, tonight we used the second period to get back in the game. I thought, uh, you know, we had a little bit more energy. And, and uh, as I said, the pressure on the puck, we forced turnovers, uh, you know, or just urgency to, to be first and to win the battles. uh At lines, I thought in the first period we were, uh, you know, we could have done a better job to advance the puck. Just, you know, finding a way to advance it. I thought in the second period and and the third period as well, but particularly the second period, I thought it was much better.
1: How can you guys fix the PK? Uh,
0: I'm not sure. It's an issue of fixing. Uh, I think we've, you know, we've we've shown we can do a good job. I mean, uh, you know, obviously we'll we'll look at it, but uh, ultimately it's typically boils down to clears. And uh, finding a way to win the battles around your net, and uh, that's it's going to continue to be important.
6: What are your thoughts about uh, the, the kind of strong game that Kubalik had, and and what does it say that uh, you've had such such success with the, the power play in each game?
0: Well, I, I thought our power play obviously was a big part of us uh, battling back in the game, and uh, you know he's, he's a big weapon there, and I think uh, again we're we're trying to build two. Two dangerous units, so that, uh, you know, were a threat for the full two minutes. And I thought they did a good job tonight. So, but I thought he was uh, good again, five on five. I think, you know, obviously the lines we we mixed and matched a little bit as the game went on. But, uh, you know, he was impactful and could have had more probably.
6: What are the the little things that you liked about what Lankanen did in terms of like uh, uh, seeing through traffic? And what are some things that, you know, maybe he could work on such as, you know, the communication Behind the net with handing off the puck,
0: I think he, he did a good job. It's uh, you know that Florida did a good job of having people in front, and uh, they sent him pucks in the net. They you know, they just threw it through it in that area, and uh, it's hard. You know they got some big bodies and some skill with those big bodies. So uh, he, he battled tonight.
5: Hey Jeremy, first off, uh, we saw was leave the game for a little bit. Is, is everything good with him health wise?
0: Yeah, he seems to be. Uh, I think you know he came back and uh, was. You know, proud of him I thought he first of all I thought he was pretty good up to that point and then uh, if anything he got better in the third so uh, you know thought that was that was a real positive for him and and for the team
5: and then also you saw I mean had played and then Karashev got his first goal and Kubelik uh, with the two goals it seemed like a lot of the young guys did have strong games tonight is this the kind of game you'd like to see in that regard even though you didn't get the win
0: yeah, well, I think we got no complaints about how the young guys have played. Uh, certainly, there's going to be mistakes, and uh, we expect them to, to get better here as we go. But uh, you know, we had a lot of guys playing and, and playing big roles, big minutes, and uh, you know, tonight, you know, again, would have been nice uh, to finish it off for the win. You feel a lot better about it. But uh, you know, those those young guys are a big reason why we're we are going to get better as the year goes on, and uh, that's got to be our focus every day. Uh, you know, and again practice uh, on thursday
1: kind of piggybacking off of that uh in the last minute or so of regulation of the tie game though you still had your veterans out there you had your proven players out there how long is it going to take for you to start trusting you know some rookies and stuff in those situations which is part of that maturation process
0: well i think we did have a lot of i mean to me it's a lot of it's to do with the rotation where we're at in the rotation and uh you know i thought Again, a lot of guys uh, played big minutes for us who were young. You know, we had Suter out, and you know, last shift of overtime, and Kubi's out there, and you know, Kershev scores a big goal for us. Uh, you know, it's we're not going to do it all at once. Uh, we try to give these guys just enough. Uh, you know, but we're hoping we're 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 excited for the fact we expect them all to take bigger responsibility as we go here an interesting start to
1: overtime. I think you had Camp, Yanmark, and Murphy out there. That's a, a pretty defensive minded start to OT.
0: Well, Kaner did start, but uh, you know I think it's all about getting the puck. So you know once we have the puck, then hopefully we can control the rest of overtime. I mean, didn't didn't work out tonight, but uh, you know I, again I thought I thought our guys battled hard, and we just got to put all the pieces together going forward.
1: So that is a strategy when you know you don't win that opening faceoff. Kane comes right off, and you throw another guy out there. Yeah, it
0: could be.
2: That's head coach Jeremy Colleton. He's uh he's never going to be the one to uh do cartwheels and there's certainly no reason to, but he will Kind of tell it like it is in terms of it being a, uh, as we've been discussing, a step in the right direction. Now, the important thing is you get home and get in your own building against another team that's uh, torn things down and trying to build their way back up. A uh, Detroit team that, that we mentioned at the outset here, uh, they'll be coming into the United Center 2 and 2. They beat a very good Columbus team in overtime on, on Tuesday night as well, whereas the Blackhawks fell short. The Red Wings able to come through. Now, it's going to be curious to see if they can make even more steps against a team that's kind of in the same boat as they are on Friday night and then Sunday morning, 1130 start at the United Center.
3: Yeah, I think that's why there was a lot of pressure on this game on Tuesday night to pull out your first victory, get the ball rolling before heading home and facing the old school rival of the the Detroit Red Wings for two at home. But again, they did pull some positives, something to just hopefully get that ball rolling. And it'll be fun. It'll be interesting. And and again, you you just got to, you really have to look at these games, not under a microscope and and pull out every negative thing that happens and just understand that these are players going through some growing pains and and some improvements that you're hoping to see and and just keep that mindset involved. But hey, you've got two games against the Detroit Red Wings. How long have Blackhawk fans waited for that? <laughs> Can we enjoy that? Yeah,
2: uh, eight years since they uh, were, were banished to the uh, to wow. the uh, Eastern Conference. So they are division rivals uh, once again this season, and uh, we will. Break down and take a closer examine. Examination of uh, how the Blackhawks did against the Red Wings. We'll come at you with another Blackhawks 720 podcast uh, late Sunday afternoon, evening, Monday morning. Uh, we'll take a look at how the Blackhawks fared and whether there were, in fact, steps in the right direction in those two games as they return back to the United Center to take on the winged wheel. Want to remind you as well to join us every Monday night at 7 o'clock for the Blackhawks live show. It's presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. Nick Gizmondi and I are usually joined by a Blackhawks player, an exec, a member of management, and, and perhaps an alum, a broadcaster or whatnot. It's an hour-long of Blackhawks conversation Monday night at 7. Still haven't determined yet who our guests are going to be. We had Calvin Dahan, who was great. Had him on, on uh, Monday night uh, this past week, as well as Steve Conroy. So we'll be back at uh, 7 o'clock, Nick Gizmondi and I, on uh, Monday night. Uh, before then, we'll have another Blackhawks 720 podcast for you. So I want to thank uh, Joe for coming in as he uh, has the quick turnaround coming back in on Wednesday morning to do some news here in the studio. also want to thank our producer, Curtis Koch, Dan Long, for helping out as well, and to you for listening. And uh, we'll come at you with another podcast following the two-game set against the Detroit Red Wings. Have a great week, everyone.